When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Just like that, your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Yeah, welcome into a running it straight for another Wednesday afternoon. Sam Hewitt here alongside Tony Kemp as we take you through until four o'clock. And look, uh, we set this show up originally, Kempy, to be a uh, a rugby league show. It's not necessarily Warriors specific. It's just you know everything rugby league and NRL. But uh, today, it seems like there's only one thing we can talk about. <laughs> no, well, it just keeps on giving, isn't it? It's a uh, it's a really interesting space to be in because you can be, go to bed at like nine o'clock at night and you wake up at four o'clock and the whole landscape of your world has changed. Absolutely. And um, I know you had a caller on um, the breakfast show this morning saying, oh, you know, the NRL needs to do what Super Rugby does. No player movements during the season, um, just on the contracts. But then we'd lose all these storylines, Kempi, and you'd lose us talking about this every... Se- it would be, mate. And NRL 360 <laughs> wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Um, you can text in the show anytime, double eight double three. Or give us a call today, 0800 150 when we are going to sort of dive into um, not just the, the Reese Walsh sort of issue, I guess, but what's going on at the Warriors. We're going to talk about pathways and development. Um, we talked to Andrew Abdo after the game on Sunday. We're going to talk a little bit about how the NRL sees um, New Zealand Rugby League moving forward. So lots to get stuck into. Give us a call anytime, 0800 150 and We are going to preview this weekend's um, games and have a look back at the games that we just had. Um, but first, uh, we start the show, as we always do, Kimpy's call. Kimpy's call. Ten years ago, I said the state of origin will be overrun by Polynesian players because I could see the browning of the game in the NRL and the effect over, and the effect it had over time will have over time. Then a month ago, I went on Sydney radio and said that the origin concept was dead, and if they didn't change it, it would be right out the door in ten years' time. What I want you to do is have a listen to this. What happens when Tonga and Samoa eventually become a Tier 1 nation? They're not far off it now. I mean, Tonga has beat, in recent games, Australia and New Zealand. So what happens if they become a Tier 2 nation? What do they do then? Do the Kiwis then, uh, do New Zealand players then be allowed to play Origin? It's just a, it's just a question. You have a look at some of the, the players that are playing. The players, Tai, Luai, Tupu, Staggs, Crichton, Talakai. I mean, there's an absolute brilliant talent there. Um, if they become Tier 1, if they become Tier 1 quality and start beating Australia and New Zealand... Should they be allowed to stay playing Origin or not? But if you start banning these players, Gala, isn't Origin the spectacle worse for it? If you start saying, yes, you know it, what? Is it, it is. It is. Yeah, Origin, without the players I just mentioned, Origin would not be as good a product. Well, 20 years ago, it might not have made a big but, difference. But as Gus touched on last week, the, the amount of Polynesian players in our game has gone through the roof in recent years. So you sort of, if you try and 
strengthen the international game by saying, okay, you're gonna play for Tonga and Samoa, you can't play for Origin. It's to the detriment of origin. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say they can't play. I'm trying to say that we then start looking at Kiwis being able to play state of origin. Jason Tomalo, for example, coming to Australia when he's 13 years of age. Should, we, should he be allowed to play origin? I'm afraid to ask us his thoughts on this one. I just can't stand the absurdity of the argument. I really can't. Well, Gus, should, I mean, should, 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 should Kiwi players be allowed to play Origin and origin? international football are two completely different things. 100%. For all of history, everyone who's grown up and played in Australia has played for Australia. We've built everyone. There's been no international football worth serving up. All right, we've killed everyone off. Suddenly we get an opportunity to create a whole new range of international football with the Pacific Islands, the Kiwis, even taking over the UK Super League and helping them get themselves back on the map again. We've got emerging nations who love to play in, in second tiers and all that sort of thing. What is your problem with letting kids who grow up in this country play state of origin? I've got and no go problems I'm, sa I'm, I'm, I'm saying, should we then allow Kiwis to play state of origin? 100%. If, they, if they're here and they qualify, they should qualify to play for origin. And then if they want to play for their country of heritage, you only, you only respond to one national anthem. Right? When the national anthem plays, you put your hand in your heart, and that's the one that brings a tear to your eye. That's the one you should play for. But they should not be stopped from playing origin football. So if we've got so players that come to Australia at 13 years of age or below... Whatever the qualification. ...then they should be allowed to play. should be allowed to play. Yeah. And if they want to then go and play for whoever, they should be allowed to go and do it. Because international football is a whole new world that has never been explored. We've had a useless international board. The NRL needs to take control of it. It needs to take control of World Rugby League. And there is a real opportunity there for a whole new level and a whole new brand of football. If anyone can't see that, they are brain dead. Absolutely brain dead. <laughs> well, they played back row for the Cronulla Sharks. Bang. You know... That was Kimpy's call. You know, it's the really interesting part of that is that conversation has been going on for 10 years without having comment from the likes of Full Gould or Paul Gallon or any media that's picked it up. And one of the big things that Full Gould basically said, you need, you've got rocks in your head if you can't see what's actually going on. And I think they can now start to see what's going on. And an interesting one... Also, a comment was that when Paul Gallen said, well, it won't be the biggest prize to play in, he's talking about origin. Now, here's the, here's the issue. What do you do with it? You know, I said on, on uh, SEN in Sydney that it needs to become country of origin. And when he asked Phil Gould about should Kiwis be allowed to play in it, well, if you want to keep it as the best product, then pick the best players in the NRL to play in a country of origin series, and you've still got basically the same concept. Yes, you lose the Queens, uh, Queensland and New South Wales, but if you don't um, do that now, you're going to lose the Australian uh, brand because all of those kids, and Brian Tor is the one that's really put throwing a cat amongst the pigeon, has mm. gone, well, this used to be an Australian trial, but I'm going to go and play for Samara in the World Cup. I think you're going to see a number of players come out of their origin choose their or their country of origin in the World Cup. Now, my question, though, Kempi, is if you open it up to, say, Kiwi players, um, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of them sort of grew up idolising origin, would there not be then more impetus to move away from New Zealand you know, knowing that if you're playing for the Storm or the Panthers or whoever, you've got more chance of cracking one of these origin sides. Like, we'd really see Warriors do it, right? Like, you had Jacob Lilliman for a number of years for Queensland. We obviously had Steve Price. Um, Reese Walsh was there last year. And then um, we had, um, well, we didn't have anyone this year, did we? But, you know, is there a, is there a um, threat that Kiwi players who look at origin and go, actually, I want to be a part of that. I know in order to get there, I need to go over to an Australian club, et cetera. Well, Is that danger? No, no, it's not because you can get there as long as you're playing in the NRL. And if you've got a Warriors team that's winning, you'll you'll play Origin, whether it be country Origin or state of Origin. The point I'm making here is that 
the Polynesians and the browning of the game is a tr- is a real thing. And the, the you heard Gallon rattling the names off. He only rattled off half of them. Mm. You know, there was no um, gag eyes. There was no pongers in that in that mentioning of names. There's about a forty seven percent ratio of Polynesians inside the state of origin at the moment, and that's only going to grow. So. You know, it doesn't really matter what club you play for. What I'm saying is that eventually it's going to be 100% Polynesian because that's the browning of the game. And what they have at the moment is an opportunity to p- fix the international model, play play meaningful games where Australia doesn't tell us up every year, like, full good said, full good said. And and you bring, the, you bring another product to the table. They've got to take their heads out of the sand because it won't be there in 10 years' time. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great discussion point, Kempi. Um, text through double eight double three if you've got any thoughts, or give us a call oh eight hundred one five zero eleven. We are going to get your calls very very shortly. Um, just before we get to the break, though, Kempi, uh, let's have a quick look back at a round sixteen. Round rewind. Um, the Thursday night game um, last week was the um, Seagull Storm and. We picked the storm. What I should do really is keep a track of what we pick <laughs> so that we can uh, analyse ourselves the next week. Uh, we didn't do too well this week, Kempe. Um, Seagull no, Storm. We were, we were terrible. We were. Seagull Storm on Thursday night, and I'm not going to say people thought the storm it was going to be an easy job, but they certainly thought they were going to get up. Apart from, you know, four tries in the last five minutes, it was all Seagulls. And that's right. And Belliate came out and said that, didn't he? It's probably the biggest spray he's ever given those players, uh, the current players that are in that group. So you know, the Storm were well below par, you know. And, and I guess for me, Storm being well below par, par now is a good thing for them running into the finals. And good for the Seagulls. I guess proving that, hey, it's not all just about Tommy Turbo. They can win games without him in the side. Um, the Friday night game, first game was the Knights, Titans, and Edric Lee went and scored five tries for the Knights. I believe he's the first Knights player to do that. Um, I think he's only about the third or fourth NRL player to do it, but um, absolutely telling up the Titans who are languishing in 16th position. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know what's wrong with the Titans. I think they're going to lose their coach. There was talk bizarre. about it. It was talk, talk about it that this week, but man, I'm happy. The Knights, Edric Lee scoring five tries. Um, yep, they got another win, and without Ponga. True. Five tries for Edric Lee, three tries for Dominic Young. That's pretty special. But yeah, the Titans have got so much talent there, and um, still got Mel Meninga in the background, don't they? So it's, um, yeah, it's weird that they're sitting in 16th. Um, the uh, late night Friday game was uh, Panthers Roosters, and um, that turned into quite a tussle. Um, a Coruscant try in the 71st minute was the difference. Uh, I know Trent Robinson wasn't too happy with the officiating. What did you make of it? Oh, the, the difference was the referee. Mm. Like that, that spear tackle call where a player fell over the front of a player and he's pulled him up for a spear tackle is absolutely ridiculous. And if you want to listen to some, some hilarious comment um, from Trent, the coach, Trent Robinson, the coach, then dial into that uh, after-match uh, conversation that he's had about the referee because he's just laid it on him. Oh, yeah. I thought the Roosters were unlucky. Yeah, I thought they, I thought they played the better game. Um, yeah, Trent Robinson loves a fine, doesn't he? I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure that, um, that bank account's getting right up there. The Saturday game uh, early night was uh, Sharks-Bulldogs. Sharks winning 18 points to 6. It wasn't too much right home about heavy rain, heavy, heavy rain. They're yeah, basically yeah. playing in a lake. Yep. Um, um, there was a 10 track, heavy 10 track, that <laughs> one. Uh, look, I thought the Bulldogs were unlucky again. They had a couple of tries disallowed. Um, and the Sharks just clinical, just around their halves, making sure that they got the job done. Uh, the uh, next game on the Saturday was the uh, Cowboys Broncos. Points galore, 40 points to 26, and probably favoured the Broncos a little bit because they scored two tries with about six minutes to go. So it could have been a bit worse for them. But look, the Cowboys team, Kempe, and we almost sang it every week, 
um, you know, they could be challenging for that title. And if you're a fan, jump on the Cowboys because I think that they're going to give the final series a shake-up, especially if they finish in third position. The late-night Saturday game was the Rabbitohs at Eels, and this was the surprise for me. Well, I was, I, I didn't... Um, I thought the Rabbitohs could do it. I just didn't think they would do it. Um, Latrell Mitchell, I think, shows why his inclusion in the side, no matter where he plays, is massive, um, clearly for the Rabbitohs. Well, that, that was a difference. Latrell Mitchell obviously spiked the team. Uh, he's a little bit like Tommy Trebojevic for Manly, and the, the Eels, they've got issues. Yeah. They've got issues. They can't string consistent games oh, together. Mate, the, the, all the people that jump on the Eels bandwagon like six or seven weeks into a season, it, it's just clockwork that by round 16, you know, yeah. they're, they're, already losing, they're already dropping these games. They're playing the West Tigers next week and then us the week after, so they've got two games that really they should get up over, but um, we'll wait and see. We'll leave the Warriors for last. Dragons uh, Raiders are on the last game on the Sunday and another tussle there. 12 points to 10. The Dragons beating the Raiders. Um, the Dragons, you know, they're solidifying themselves in that top eight, Kempi. I, I think they might end up there for the, for the end yeah, of the they, season. They're flying under the radar, the Dragons. They are. Again, Ricky Stewart was like Trent Robinson. He had a lot to say about the officiating of that game. Uh, Canberra, yeah, they're thereabouts too, mate. You know, like They're not far away from clicking on a regular basis, but you know, Dragons there, they'll take two points every every week if they can get them, even if they're ugly. And then the Warriors, of course, on Sunday, the homecoming, 22 points to two. We called it from Mount Smart Stadium. Um, Toru Harris, Janelle Harris, Tavita, Jesse Arthurs with the tries. Look, had to, had to win it, Kempe. Um, were you happy with how they won it? 100%. I thought Sean Johnson probably had his best game of the year, game management-wise. He just continued to turn the team around. His kicking game was sublime. He, um, he got a, and Jesse Arthur got a try off the back end of it. Toru Harris, uh, we tipped that out as a try scorer, um, anytime try scorer, and I thought he led well. He's probably the best player on the football field. And Chanel Harris-Tavita at fullback was a revelation. Yeah. You know, losing Reese Walsh, obviously, you know, there's a question around COVID, but there's also that... Um, that moving to Brisbane conversation that happened today I think Chanel Harris Tavita can hold his head up high uh, we're going to that's our round um, run through we're going to um, talk Warriors very very shortly so give us a call on 0800 150 if you want to have a chat we're going to talk through um, the Reese Walsh uh, saga we'll talk through uh, the state of the club and pathways etc lots to get stuck into and I've seen uh, Buzz Rothfield has tweeted out today as well Kempe uh, hearing that Tamari Martin will join the Warriors as part of the Reese Walsh deal um, so they've said, look, if you want to take Reese, and we want to Mighty. So um, could be coming back to Mighty Martin after playing for Waikato six months ago. Yeah. Back and on that, New Zealand shores. And that was the point, you know, like I was at the presser today with Cam George, and the point I, I was trying to make with him was around development and recruitment and all these issues that we've had, you know. Like uh, he sort of answered it, and, you know, he was a diplomat when he answered it, but I was saying, isn't the problem really recruitment? You know, even though you you sign, you know, you try and make a big hoo ha about Chanel, um, signing uh, Chance Nickel Crockstead, uh, shouldn't you be asking your recruitment department why you let him go in the first place? You know, so you've let him go. He he probably would have stayed if you'd signed him for you know a little bit more than what he was on, and he was on nothing. And now when you bring him back, you're signing him for, yeah, for, for yeah, decent for, money, yeah, three four times the price. So there's a problem there in recruitment. Uh, we, I'll play some of those cuts from Cameron George. Uh, we'll take a break though. Uh, call in 0800 or send a text and double eight double three. We'll chat Warriors after this. Hard hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is running it straight on SCNZ.
taking it straight here until four o'clock. It's uh, Sam Hewitt alongside Tony Kemp, and uh, we're going to dive a little bit into this Warriors saga, Kempy. I just want to start with um, obviously Reese Walsh leaving, and I said this all afternoon with Steph. You know, I don't think anyone is going to criticise a player for making a personal choice, like being closer to family, or you know, um, if there's a, a, a family circumstance that needs addressing. And no one's going to fold a club for you know letting a player do that, rather than saying, "Nope, you've got to stay here." That that to me isn't the problem. The problem is when you when you zoom out and you look at Reese Walsh, you look at Matt Lodge, you look at Ewan Aiken, Nathan Brown, who have all used that personal family excuse, but then you look at Peter O'Sullivan, you look at Gus Gould, RTS has left, and you see that macro environment, there's, there's, there's something going on. There's a problem. There is a problem at the club with these guys leaving and going away and not wanting to be here. Yeah, and you can't keep brushing it under the carpet. You can't keep saying, oh, there's nothing wrong. You don't know the personal circumstances. Like, everyone's got personal circumstances. Um, but you know it happens once. It doesn't happen four times. Like that's the thing. Within 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 eight to ten weeks, you're losing. Actually, it happened five times because a coach went too. Correct. You know, so I think the problem, especially in the Reese Walsh um, incident, is if you like you said, you you rewind it. It was about eight to ten weeks ago. People had said that he'd already signed for Brisbane. Mm. Like that was the comment that came out, and Correct, that's yeah. when everyone went on the right. What's going on? And then it just tried to it was tried to be swept under the carpet, and even Reese got up when it got too hot to say, "No, no, I'm coming." You know what I mean? And the, I guess the big problem that you have is that, and I've said this on the breakfast show, like you you can't keep treating people like they they're just nobodies. You're you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're they're not dummies, and they they actually do their homework and they they listen and and they've they've kept all the facts that. that go along with the story, and then all of a sudden when you say, well, you don't know the, the issues, well, yeah, we do know the issues. We, we know exactly what's going on. Just come out and, like, come out and say it yeah, and then we're say fools. we're going to move on. Yeah, we're, not, we're absolutely not fools. And I think that's probably the thing that annoys me the most is that you get told one thing one week by the club and then the next week it's completely different. And um, we, we basically get told that we don't know what we're talking about. Um, and then it comes out too much later that we knew exactly what we were talking about, you know. And you know they always say where there's, um, you know, where there's a, what is it, where there's flames, where there's smoke, there's fire, or whatever. You know, when that generally, Reece, yeah, when that Reese Walsh, <laughs> unless it's Walsh, a bucket of steam, <laughs> that Reese, like the thing is, a lot of people knew that Reese Walsh probably wasn't going to stay at the Warriors long term, right? Like he's a superstar player, he'd get courted by a number of big clubs. We sort of, I think, a lot of people I spoke to thought, okay, we may have him until the end of his contract, 2023, but then we might lose him. But they were okay with that, knowing that... And then they get taken on this ride, Kempi, and I think the biggest thing is that we get taken on these little rides and we get told different things by different people and different stories come out, we hear different rumours and all that sort of stuff, and that's what frustrates you because you just want to know the truth and you just want to know why a player does or doesn't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, you're, the, you're the one paying for your game day ticket, you're the one buying the jersey, you're buying the memberships, you're, you're a sponsor, you're giving money to the club. We're the ones doing that, and we're doing it you know, trying to support, you know, and we want them to support us. And for and for me, it runs deeper than that. You know what I mean? For one, the fans they need to be respected, mm. but they're your brand. You know, unless the owners got the money and buys the club, but if you got no fans, mate, you got nothing. Mate, if you got no fans, it's Saturday club football. Exactly. So you know, you've got to respect your fans, and they and they, you know, the thing about the Warriors fans, all right, a lot of a lot of middle to poor lower socio side people that don't have any money put their hands in their pocket every weekend to go and support the Warriors. I mean, it's the biggest day out for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. So, 
you've got really loyal fans, but don't treat them like that. Correct. They just want to be. They just want to. They'll support you. You saw that on. You're sitting second bottom of the table, and you fill the stadium out. They'll support you. Mm. That's fine. But I think what everyone's a little bit annoyed at is the is the smarty pants comments and the you don't know what you're talking about stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, and I'll say this: the recruitment is average. If you filled a Kiwi team for the last twenty years. All right, with the majority of the players, and this year you get one bloke who's who's sitting there as 18th man. There is a problem. Yeah, there is a problem. Kids are coming through the pathways. They're not representing the club, and they're not getting into that national side. Let's hear from Cameron George. The press conference was at 10 a.m. this morning. Kempi was on the call. We asked him some good questions, so I'm going to play a few of the cuts out now. So, firstly, um, Cameron George was asked, "How do you stop these players or players at the club leaving their contracts early?" Two things. Uh, obviously, we've got to we've got to make sure that the values and and everything that we instill into our pathway programs wants those guys to live and breathe being a, a warrior campy. And secondly, and it's pretty simple, is win, so they don't want to leave. Uh, and that's what that's what we need to achieve. And I think you know from the hats that you've worn in the past, both at the club and, and air, elsewhere in rugby league, um, winning changes and turns a lot of things around. And, and that's where we've got to get consistently good at. And that's something that um, we need to start again next week when we play Parramatta. Is that is it as simple as that? Those two things, keeping no, players. No, at the no, it's not. <laughs> One, you need a good. You, I, I truly, honestly believe in values. I think that you know, that's your moral compass has to be right. But your moral compass of your footballer, generally, generally Kiwis and Polynesian players are really loyal. You got to do something really bad for them not to be loyal. Yeah, but we can't even get that right. Players are, you know, and chance. Um, Nickel Clockstead is a prime example. The kid wanted to stay at the Warriors, yeah. except they wouldn't. They wouldn't pay for it, and he went and got a good contract at Canberra. Now they're paying overs to get him back. Same thing happened to Roger. All right, when he was playing schoolboys out here at, at Bruce Pullman Park, the Warriors thought they had him wrapped up and signed, and then O'Sullivan and Sydney City came underneath him, offered him what he was worth, which is a bargain. Mm. I talked about Joseph Swaley getting hundred, you know, getting two hundred fifty grand against one for the Warriors. You know, for four years as an 18-year-old, people saying, he's got a million dollars for four years? Is, is, mate, that's stupid money. That's a bargain. Yeah. The kid's worth, worth $600,000 this year. Mm. You know what I mean? So you've got to understand recruitment. And when you're talking values, pathways, and winning, that starts with your kids and your clubs around New Zealand. And I'm an advocate for this. Every kid that plays in New Zealand should want to go to the Warriors first, not to Melbourne. Uh, totally. And I, said, I was saying this to somebody else um, via Twitter. I said... You know, the big one of the big problems we face here is that if you go to a high school kid that's playing rugby and you say, Oh, you know, you want to come to the Warriors, chances are they'll probably look at it and go, No thanks. But if you go to them and say you want to come to the Melbourne Storm, it's a yes ninety nine percent of the time. James Fisher you know Harris. I mean? James Fisher Harris is playing in a competition up with Hone Harawera mm. in the far north. All right. Dylan Brown. Okay, kids going through school up there in Northland and they don't even make it into the structure. Mm. You can't see them. Tamari Martin's running around for two years in Waikato. And is he worth coming to the club? <laughs> Mate, seriously, if you can't see what's wrong with your recruitment, like Phil Gould said, you got rocks in your head. Yeah. Okay, let's play two more quick cuts before we get to the news. The first one was when Cam George was asked about um, letting Kiwis go. I'm assuming it's letting Kiwis go from the New Zealand rugby league system. Yeah, look, it's something we've got to, we've just got to really ignite is the recruitment uh, through the pathways and develop those players into the club is, is what you're getting at. Um, recruitment, our biggest issue in attracting players here in normal circumstances. Obviously, people, um, are, you know, have the thought of living in New Zealand or living overseas to play and work. 
um, is always a challenge for any young family. We're dealing with young men here with young families most times and and they've got a lot to weigh up. But um, the people that do come here, uh, they really enjoy it. So, um, you know, it's, it's a balancing effect that we've got to get right. Um, but what gets it right is winning ultimately and, and that attracts good people here and good players here. And then another one I just want to play for you quickly, Kempi, is when you asked, George, if it, it is a recruitment issue, what we're facing at the moment. Oh, I think it's 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 probably more a form thing, Kempi. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we, we've got a number of Kiwis in the team and uh, Tongans and Samoan and um, Australians as well. Um, but, yeah, look, it's it's something that we just need to f- get a flow on from our, our junior pathways and development, and, and that's, for us, been absent over the last couple of years. So we hope to really see that um, occur over the next couple of years, and, and that's something you know, I know you you wish to see really strong in, in New Zealand, and, and so do we. So um, as you see, you've got Chan's coming back, and you know that'll continue to inspire young kids in New Zealand to to come into the pathway system and, and try and play NRL either with the Warriors or obviously one of the other 16 clubs that will be out there next year. Hold that thought, Kempe. Hold that thought. We've got to take news. We'll get your answer after news. That's what I say to people. It's not <laughs> we're, it's not we're back on here, Kempe. Oh. We've come back in. We've <laughs> Sorry, come back I'm in. I'm he, I'm he's just... asking the questions too. Now, we generally do six again here where we answer um, six questions off the text, which I do have some texts I will get to, but let's just quickly react to uh, the cuts that I played before news. Cameron George talking about the recruitment and saying that it's more of a form thing. If we well, start winning games, then, you know, the talent will start coming. Do you believe that? Uh, yes, I do believe that if you start winning games, well, your form's pretty good, but your form is de- de- decided on your recruitment by recruiting the right players that are going to play to the form that need you to get into the semifinals or a top four. At the moment, the form is average because of your recruitment. Mm. Now, people say, well, what do, you, what do you mean? Well, let's have a look at Todd Payton. Okay, so we should try to sign Todd Payton. But let's have a look at Todd Payton when he went up to the Cowboys. He's gone straight after uh, Jason Tomalolo. Basically, everyone said, what are you doing going after a million-dollar player? And he said, mate, basically, if I can't get this kid right, then no one else can follow. So I need to really challenge this kid, and I need more out of him because I've got a 19-year-old kid here in, in Nanai that can play, and I need him to follow Tomalolo. Mm. I need to build this team around Tomalolo. Yeah. Now, have a look what he's done. So he's changed the whole culture of that team. And you could be saying the same thing about Brisbane with Reynolds. He's put the right people in the right places. Then Tamari Martin's come in and he's added to the culture. Mm. And I think if you're recruiting teams, like we're putting people in spots that don't really make sense. You know what I mean? And, and people are coming in and they're coming in and they're losing games and their form is down. And it starts right at recruitment, like recruiting strategy over a 10 to 15 year period where you know when Sean Johnson is gone, who's slotting straight into that, that place? Yeah. And they create and have, have created what is called the Melbourne way. Yeah. Yeah? So yep. Melbourne, no. Everyone said this, didn't they? Everyone said this. Cam Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk. What are we going to do when they're gone? Yeah. Well, guess what? Melbourne, you. <laughs> Ryan Pappenhausen, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes. Exactly. Still the best spine in the comp. That's the thing. Um, what about, Kempe, the... We've heard a lot about when they get back to New Zealand next year, they're going to have the jersey flag. I think they're going to have jersey flag. They're going to have our under-20s. They're going to have those systems back in place. Are those a fix? Are those, a, you know, a sufficient way of building that sort of Well, it's the, only, it's the only way, Sam. It's mm. the only way because we can only follow a New South Wales and Queensland uh, competition because we don't have the competition in New Zealand. Um, currently, it's the only way. But they need to build that competition here in Auckland. You can do it. You can do it. If, you know why? Because we've got a rugby competition. 
We've got all these kids playing school rugby, going into NPC and Super 15 um, franchises, and you're saying that you can't build a rugby league competition in Auckland mm. or, or around the country? It's rubbish. You need to build your competition, your development model down the bottom, and that's when you go back to values and pathways. That's how you start the warrior way. So when they come to the warriors, they're being taught from an early age what the warrior way is. Mm. Currently, kids don't know what it is, and yes, a lot of them move overseas with their parents for work and stuff like that, but a lot of them also move because there is no pathway here in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, let's get to our six again. So six questions from the text machine on double eight, double three. I've got six here. Kempi, let's rip into it. Tackle one. Um, actually, there's two questions here about coaches. So I'll start with the first one. It's from Peter. It says, um, it seems like Stacey Jones is going to be overlooked for the Warriors coaching gig. Kempi, is that a mistake? Well, it is if they hire Andrew Webster. Well, that was going to be question number two. Yeah, so <laughs> a- Andrew Webster, um, who has been here before in 2015 with Andrew McFadden as assistant coach, now at Penrith with Ivan, hasn't been talked about because they can't get Seraldo. Uh, any other f- NRL club has now gone to Andrew Webster and the Warriors look like they've signed him apparently, through media. What are we to believe? Because we don't hear anything. Well, there is going to be... Cam George did say there'll be an announcement either tomorrow or Friday, so... Like, that is not an improvement on what Stacey's already doing. I don't don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Stacey Jones, if you're going to stick with Andrew Webster, bring him in to strengthen the club and use Stacey as... You know, Stacey's... I think he's doing a pretty good job at the moment, you know. Um, Whether Stacey wants the job is the question, Mm. but I'm, I'm telling you now... Andrew Webster's not the answer. And also, you did tell me, though, Kempi, that you know one, one, one thing you would um, advise Stacey on is, is the position you found yourself in where you take over as an interim coach and then you get offered the head coach role and you said you wish you had held off. A hundred percent, So, you know, yeah. you, would you still sort of say that to Stacey? Yeah, still... I, I, and I would. I would yeah. because, you know, like I said to Stacey, too, you've got nothing to lose. You're the one who's got everything to lose, not, yeah. not the club because, they, they, you know, as you can see, there's so much else going on with them. So, you know... Let's have this conversation in 12 months' time and Andrew Webster's sitting in the same position 12 rounds into the competition. Yeah, OK, let's get to tackle two. That's two! Get off him! Two! Um, this one here says, um, the Warriors should look to get Hayes Perrin back and give him one of the centre slots. That's from Ross. Hayes Perrin with the uh, Eels at the moment, isn't he? Um, what do you think about that one, Kimmy? Well, again, it talks, to, it talks to recruitment. Like, you can only get what you got. You know what I mean? It's it's like how you how do you attract people? And this is the this is the problem. You go up to to the UK, the owner, and talks to um, Wolf about at St Helens about coming to New Zealand. He says no. The reason why he says no because he looks at the roster and he looks at how it's put together and 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 starts to he's smart about whether or not he can get some wins on the board and and his future and his career and gone no. And I'll tell you what, players do the same thing. What am I going to get if I go to the Warriors? You know, and and. They, you know, players want to win competitions. So, you know, if you got to, if you can go, if we're only going back to what we've already had, we've already seen what you got. You know, let's let's sort of try and recruit a little bit better than that. Mm. But again, it's it's a lot it's a lot deeper than that, Sam. Okay, let's go tackle three. Tackle three. This one here from Steve. It says, uh, Kempi, who has been the most surprising team in the NRL for you this year? Oh, the Cowboys, without a doubt. The Cowboys, without a doubt. You know. Um, Todd Payne, you know, I, I, a lot of respect for Todd Payne because he, he, stood, he stood up and he had that media conference. Remember that yep. over Zoom? Yeah. And said, hey, guys, I got this totally wrong. I said this and I didn't mean it. You know, yep. I'm actually, I haven't signed. I'm going back to the Cowboys. Yeah. I just went, well. Yeah, he's very, yeah, I think he's very you know, genuine. It just, it, you're talking about values. The guy just couldn't, he couldn't sleep at night. You know yeah. what I mean? And he, and he came out and he addressed it and he moved on. And I think what he's done with the Cowboys, you, look, if he doesn't pick up the NRL coach of the year, 
uh, there's something wrong with the judges. Um, what about a team that, you know, Cowboys obviously at the top, a team down the bottom. You just We just mentioned the Titans sort of earlier on in the piece. Is there a team that's surprising you in terms of struggling this year? Well, yeah, Sydney City. Yeah, I thought you might say that. Yeah, Sydney City. I thought with uh, the inclusion of Connor Watson, I thought would go really well in the middle of the park, and he's been pretty average this year, would actually bring them together after um, the year that they had last year and the way that they fought through last year and all those injuries. But, you know, they possibly could still make the eight, um, but it's a battle for them. They should be they should be a lot higher than that with the calibre of player they got. Let's go tackle four. That's four. Uh, this one comes in from Chris. It's not a question, but I'm going to turn it into a question. Um, talking about Reese Walsh, he's got second-year syndrome, overrated. What has he done really this year? He can't tackle, not yet, not getting yards off kicks. Goodbye to him. Now, bringing in Chance Nicole Clockstead. So, Kimby, can you just compare the, the two players and what Chance is going to bring in? Why it might be a better fit, Chance, being there than, than Reese Walsh? Well, offensively, you know, Chance is struggling. He can't he can't hold down a first-grade position. That's the first thing at Canberra. So, um, you know, Ricky knows a little bit more than probably what the Warriors do around his body. He's getting on a little bit, and whether or not he can last the season, uh, there's 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 questions around that. But defensively, uh, Chance Nickel Clockstick's one of the best defenders in, at fullback in the in the competition. You know, he on the other hand though, Reese Walsh's stats stack up. He's our he's our attacking weapon in yeah. the Warriors. If he's got second if he's got second year syndrome, imagine if he never had it and he's running the stats that he is with offensively with the ball. So um the kid's only the kid's only nineteen too, you know what I mean? So you actually basically had someone there that you could mould into this is the this is the question around Brendan Smith. Grab him, mould him, build a team around him, build that culture, the values that you're talking about, and go on a winning form, winning run. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, with with Reese Walsh, you had the opportunity to do that, but right at the beginning when you're recruiting, you know, you need to you need to know that the players that are coming in here, they're coming in here for the right right reasons. Um, yeah, for me personally, on Chance Nickel Clockstick, um, and you know, the jury's out. I'm, I'm, I've got concerns on his body. Yeah, he does have. He has picked up those injuries over the last few years. Let's get to the final tackle. Last tackle. This is the last. And the text in here from Peter, and he wants to make it clear that he's not Peter O'Sullivan. Uh, Kempi, <laughs> I feel the Dolphins are collateral damage from the war between Warriors and Peter O'Sullivan. Do the NRL need to give Dolphins extra help? A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think I've said that that Peter Sullivan was a disaster. They should never have signed him as recruitment manager. Him and Brian Smith, what they've left the club and and the pieces where they've had to pick up have, have been terrible. Some of the signings, the way they released Sean in the prime of his career, brought him back. Um, he's he's half the player he was, and and all these players that, that Moses Isaac Moses signed through that that uh, relationship with O'Sullivan has really got the club in a big trouble. So, you know. Um, I know that I'll keep people are getting sick of me saying it. Recruitment's a, a massive issue. You've got to be really careful how you do that. And and I think what we've got is we've got to hang over from it. Mm, absolutely. Okay, there's our six, uh, our six again segment, which we do every Wednesday. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we've got four NRL games on this weekend. Plenty of teams have buys. Uh, so we'll go through those four games after the break. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Run through. 
Right, let's look at uh, round... Well, I'm trying to work it out. Is it round 17 this it weekend? Um, we've only got four games because uh, we've got the other bye round, which means eight teams don't have a game this weekend. So just four games. We'll start quickly with the uh, Sharks and Storm tomorrow night, 9.50 late night game. Uh, the Sharks won't have uh, Sir Sefer Talakai um, in the origin side for um, New South Wales. Um, and for the Storm, they're probably going to have a few um, out as well. Uh, Harry Grant, obviously, on Maroons, Judy. Um, but... What do you make of it, um, Kimmy? It's two teams that are sort of in that top four and challenging. Yeah, I don't, look, I think I think the changes the big the big one is Munster uh, not playing at five eight. You've got you know Nick Meaney going into that position. Um, no Harry Grant at hooker, so you got Brendan Smith going in there. The big man um, Solomon is starting. You know, <laughs> look, Cronulla they can wear you down. So I think it's going to be it's at Cronulla. And I think a storm on the back of getting a tune-up for Bellamy, I don't care who's playing this week, look for the storm to bounce back. Uh, and a and, tight one. And a tight one? And a tight one. All right, well, we're going to hold you to that next week. Um, Knights versus Rabbits on Friday. It's Come a Friday on, night Knights. game. Uh, Knights 12th place, Rabbits in the 7th. Pineapple sets. Position. Uh, two huge ins for the Knights. They've got um, Hooker Jaden Braley named on the bench for his first game of the season and Bradman Best also back on deck. Their centre, of course, who's played by injury. Um, no gag I know Caelan Ponga, as we say, with, uh, in with the Queensland camp. Um, for the Rabbitohs, Campbell Graham is out, suffering a um, facial fracture against the Eels. So Tane Milne comes in um, and Tom Burgess uh, coming back into the starting side. Latrell is going to captain, of course, no uh, he's not going to go away for Origin. Cameron Murray is. So it's an interesting one. Do you reckon the Rabbitohs are sort of right for the picking? Or have they found a bit of momentum after beating that um, Eels side and having Latrell back in the Yeah, look, I, the I just think they're a lot more crisp with Latrell out there. And I still think with the players that they have in their side, they're very good with ball in hand. And they'll, they'll cause uh, the Knights some problems out wide. So I think the Rabbit, Rabbitohs will get on a little bit of a roll here. And they should, uh, against my old team, be a little bit too tough to beat. Saturday night, 9.30, it is Wests versus Eels. Wests, 15th position of course the Eels 6 position and not too much to talk about here uh, James Tamu is back for the Tigers he's their captain and a pretty big part of that side um, Adam Dewey is going to start in the in the side in, at centre um, at the expense of James Roberts uh, for the Eels uh, Junior Paulo is going to be in Blues camp um, so near Cora the Warriors recruit for next year is going to step into the starting side um, what do you reckon? Eels, um, Eels by how much? Yeah, look, Cutherson Cuth- um, comes back too. He's an 18th man, gets the play for Paramount. I think that's a big, uh, a big plus. And the West Tigers, mate, they made one break on the weekend against the Warriors. The, when they made the break, he had um, Dane on the inside and, and Nofaloma on the outside. He only had to hit one of them. They go in and they take it back to 14 8. But he couldn't find him. They can't score any points, mate. Parramatta by 20. <laughs> 20 plus. Uh, Broncos-Dragons is the last game on the Sunday at 6 o'clock. Uh, Broncos in fifth, Dragons in eighth. It's actually quite a mouth-watering contest. Um, Broncos won't have Kurt Capel, Selwyn Cobo, Pat Garrick, Parrick. Pat Carrigan and Thomas Flegler. Um, Tomati Martin's actually out as well with injury. And for the Dragons, obviously Ben Hunt will be um, in Maroons camp. So um, I don't know, Dragons without Ben Hunt, whether they get the job done, but it is a pretty mouth-watering sort of uh, I think fixture. they do. I do. Okay. I think I think they've got too many out, the Broncos. Uh, I know that, I know that um, Reynolds isn't happy about his game against the Titans, uh, the Cowboys last week. But I think the Dragons, uh, with the Broncos with so many players out, especially key positions, are going to be uh, right for the picking. There you go. There's your round run through. For round 17, we'll take one last break. When we come back, we're going to go inside the 10, get Kempe to take a deep dive into an area of rugby league. So we're going to do that after this. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league 
This is Running It Straight on SENZ. We're going to go inside the team very, very shortly. But I've just uh, found out, Kempi, and this is it annoys me. We've only got two minutes to go, and this is coming out. But I've just found out from someone that Cameron George apparently has said uh, in an interview that Reese Walsh flew out to Australia this morning. Now that makes no sense if he tested positive for COVID None either last Friday or even last Thursday, because you're not allowed to travel within seven days, right? You're supposed to be isolating. So that does not add up at all. Not a. I'm a, I don't know what to say. Seriously, if that's, that's true, oof. I don't know what to okay, say. Okay, we're going to keep doing some more digging on that. Um, inside the team, we generally take a deep dive into uh, an element of rugby league, Kempi. Uh, we don't have a lot of time here. We've only got about a minute. But you wanted to talk about the kicking game, how that's changed over the sort of last 10 years in rugby league and you know why it's so important and how players are using it um, in today's game. Yeah, so, so really quickly, the kicking game, you've got to have a selection of kicks, especially with your yardage sets. If you're ending up in halfway or just inside the, the opposition, and half of where to put their ball. So you can't kick the ball dead. Very hard to stop it in the end goal, otherwise you're giving up an extra tackle because it's a seven-tackle um, um, kick. And I thought on the weekend, Sean's kicking game was sublime. All right, He, he, he made it um, in most yard of sets just over the halfway and he kept putting up a decent bomb, into the a long bomb, they're called, into the corners. And he challenged both sides of the football field, Kemamalo on one wing and Nofaloma on the other. And he just kept doing it. And that's talk, That's called game management because he got told to do it. And when you get told to do that from a, an analytical point of view, eventually you're going to come up trumps. And what happens, Jesse Arthur scores that, that try that kicked it out later on in the mm. game. So, yeah, have a look at that kicking game. It's really important. I hope Sean continues to do it. He's got a very good kick on him. And it's a, and it's a way to keep you in the game. There you go. Inside of 10, we'll try and give you a little bit more time next week, Kempi. Um, there's just never enough time for this show between three and four every Wednesday running it straight we will be back next Wednesday and look keep your ears to the dial on this uh, on this Reese Walsh story if that uh, comes out that he did leave for Australia this morning that's very interesting um, the run home coming up next between four and seven myself and Kempi will be back next week see you then life's busy take this deck there's heaps to do on it like um, polishing off this wine that's tough Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.